following is a vintage broadcasting publication presented by Frank Goss. The following podcast is entitled Dewey's Dumbing Down of the American Children. This series is concentrated on the state of public education in the United States of America. To some degree, America is beginning to wake up to the investments that the communist ideology has made in the American educational system. Recently, there was an election held in Virginia, which was a tremendous voice that caused many of Americans to be aware of cultural race theory. This idea was founded in Marxism and is based on Marxist ideology and is being taught in the Loudoun County school system. We were all made aware of this. And yet, the Marxists who are controlling the media and who are controlling the political circles of the Democrats are all joining arms together and locking elbows to say that this is simply not true. However, the facts declare the reality of the situation. The Frankfurt School that was founded in Germany weaponized United States education against civilization, and these things are factual. Understanding the future generations are the key to building political power and lasting change. Buchanan, Marx, Engels and every socialist has gravitated toward government-controlled education since before the system was ever founded. The mind of the child must be controlled and formed in order for the statist regime to function efficiently. The communist Frankfurt School was well aware of this. Bertrand Russell, who many have described as an arch-enemy of mankind, asserted that the true test of effective education was to produce in the student the unshakable conviction that snow is black. Russell, who was part of the Frankfurt School, was no exception in his affinity for educating the youth. The Frankfurt School, however, rejected the American views regarding education, which was expressed by John Locke. The primary purpose, according to Locke, was to teach general objective knowledge. This idea was what governed the American educational system in the past. But as of today, November 12th, 2021, this idea has been long since vacated. In lieu of objective knowledge, we've been taught indoctrination. The idea of general knowledge governed American education and general knowledge objectively applied brings stability and intergenerational connectivity. It keeps us tied together as a nation, as a people. We understand the past and how it is tied to today and how our actions determine to a great extent the future. This concept has been condemned and rejected by the United States educational system as of today. The Frankfurt School, which was given place in the Columbia University Teacher College in the 40s, managed to have a great influence in seeing this change take place. John Dewey, the father of American education, was extremely instrumental in seeing that the Frankfurt School was recognized, providing great sums of money from the Rockefeller Foundation at Columbia University. Many of the members of the Frankfurt School in Germany found homes in other universities as well, such as University of California at Berkeley, Princeton, and Brandeis. Some believe that this condition has now been attained. The children are believing that snow is black. With the wide acceptance and aggressive indoctrination of the critical race theory, which finds its origin in the Frankfurt School, we are dropping back into a racist mentality that we had fought the Civil War over. 
People are starting to think that snow indeed is black. This group of socialist and communist thinkers, led by Marxist law professor Carl Grunberg, established the Institute for Social Research at Goethe University in Frankfurt, Germany, and it was generally called the Frankfurt School. Their subversive ideas would eventually infect the entire planet like a deadly cancer, mostly through the educational system. Bertrand Russell, you may not know, was one of the great leaders of the Fabian Socialist Society in England and was a deep, deep, devoted adherent of Marx ideology. The Marxist school had its genesis in Moscow before officially being founded in 1923. By the early 1920s, the Bolshevik, as Antonio Gramsci would later conclude from his Italian prison cell, realized a change in tactics was needed. The much-anticipated violent revolution of the proletariat, which Karl Marx predicted would bring about communism, it turned out, would be a lot more difficult to attain in Western Europe, and particularly in the United States, than previously anticipated. In fact, it wouldn't be possible at all without first breaking down the cultural barriers to collectivism. With this in mind, the Communist International and the mass-murdering Soviet dictator of Vladimir Lenin's minion, Karl Radek, arranged a meeting with the Marx-Engel Institute in Moscow. Among the participants, according to the historical records that we have, were Soviet secret police boss Felix Jurdinsky, Hungarian Bolshevik cultural commissar Georgi Lukas, and Communist International, or Comintern, bigwig named Willy Munzenberg. At the Moscow meeting, the conspirators decided that what was needed was a more gradual, long-term cultural revolution, or what would eventually be cultural Marxism. If this was going to be effective in the West, this is the only way they saw to really take advantage of things. To advance the program, the subversives agreed on a sinister but a brilliant plan. They would involve themselves in the destruction of traditional religion and the Christian culture that it produced, they would help see that collapse was given to the sexual morality and the deliberate undermining of the family, and a wrecking ball would be needed to infiltrate and demolish the existing institutions in the West. Some of these men had experience. For instance, Lucas, who served as the Minister of Education and Culture in the Bolshevik Hungarian regime of Bela Kuhn, he had introduced all manner of perversion and grotesque sex education in public schools, starting in elementary school. It was part of a campaign to destroy Christian morality and sexual ethics among the youth. you got to break down the morality, and that way there's nothing really morally to stand for. The objective was to eventually de-Christianize Hungary and thereby facilitate a total communist restructuring of the human mind as well as the society. A key tool in these conspirators in Moscow would come to be known as the Frankfurt School, which we're talking about now. From the Institute in Frankfurt and later in New York, these cultural revolutionaries would promote feminism, communism, atheism, mass migration, globalism, humanism, multiculturalism, nihilism, hedonism, environmentalism, and all sorts of isms that were intended to undermine individual liberty, bring governmental restraints and regulations, would destroy traditional culture and morality. Rampant morality-free sexuality and Freudian pseudo-psychology were central to the agenda. 
to anybody who's studied American public education today would spend far more time peddling these isms to captivate the children rather than providing objective general education. The stench of the Frankfurt School's mechanization is unmistakable, and the corruption of the democratic ideals is evident. In fact, the whole system reeks. Despite some differences, the group maintained close ties with the Soviet Union at that time. Ironically, though, the analysis have long argued that the work of the Institute, peddling Nietzsche and others, helped lay the foundation for the National Socialist takeover in Germany. As the Nazi regime of Adolf Hitler gradually parted ways with the more internationally-minded Soviet socialist tyranny, the civilization destroyers at the ISR fled to the United States for protection. There, with crucial assistance from socialist and humanist educational reformer John Dewey and his disciples, these characters attached themselves to Columbia University's important teacher college in 1934. Dewey had been a leading philosopher and educator at Columbia University, and he retired just a few years before the Frankfurt School influx was in full swing. Others, as we mentioned earlier, settled at Berkeley, Princeton, and Brandeis University. With Rockefeller money, Dewey would play a key role in assuring them of success. The importation of Frankfurt School luminaries was a match made in totalitarian heaven, as Dewey and his disciples gloried in such a commonality among these guys. As previously recounted in this series on education, for instance, Dewey was a devoted fan of the socialist model. In fact, he wrote glowing reports as the successes of the Soviet communism grew. He wrote this in his magazine called The New Republic. Dewey was especially infatuated with the indoctrinational centers that masqueraded as schools, and particularly how they were instilling a collectivist mentality in the children. Dewey collectivist anti-Christian religious humanism also appealed to the Frankfurt operatives. They were highly impressed with what Dewey stood for. Once the Institute's minions set up shop at Columbia and other prestigious academic institutions, the Frankfurt School's rhetoric had to change a little bit in order to be accepted in American society. Now, as Americans were ardently devoted to God, country, family, and individual liberty, all these things had to change, but you could not do this violently. And so instead of speaking openly of Marxism and historical materialism and dialectical materialism and communism, the Frankfurt School subversive spoke of different things, expressing materialism and dialectical materialism as a new philosophy. Instead of attacking the family, they attacked patriarchy. The agenda remained the same. Almost as soon as they arrived, they began plotting the destruction of America's traditional values. And they were doing this all under the guise of fighting fascism, which was prevalent at that time throughout Germany and Italy. Now, indeed, the luminaries of the Frankfurt School, who represented a wide variety of disciplines, they used education as the critical tool for advancing their totalitarian, civilization-destroying philosophies. But they infected much more than just the educational system. They had sick ideas that spread out like poison throughout the intellectual veins of America, eventually reaching into corporate America and governing the businesses and even small businesses, and even creeping into the churches. One of the ways in which the Frankfurt School operatives and academics advanced their desired social change was through critical theory. Now, in 1937, Mark Horkheimer wrote Traditional and Critical Theory. 
Horkheimer was a director of the ISR, and he argued that critical theory, a neo-Marxist tool used to demonize the market system. He argued that Christianity and Western civilization was aimed at bringing about social change and exposing the alleged oppression of people that was caused and created and perpetrated by capitalism. Critical theory was going to expose how capitalism was crippling the American people. Another useful tool for undermining freedom and traditional society was the 1950 work by key Frankfurt theorist known as the Authoritarian Personality. These social researchers at the Frankfurt School claimed to discover that the traditional American male and father was actually authoritarian because, among other reasons, he held traditional values, corrupt values that were formed by capitalist ideologies, an idealistic approach to life. Thus, patriarchy and the traditional family, among the most important barriers to tyranny, came under relentless attack as a precursor to fascism. Public schools were viewed as tools to combat this alleged problem, and they attacked vigorously and viciously. As they worked their magic and spread their charm, Betty Friedan, the noted feminist and author of, of The Feminine Mystique, came out with a book supporting what was called a new wave of feminism. Her book, The Feminine Mystique, was a thinly veiled Marxist critique of American capitalism from a woman's perspective. It was later determined that, indeed, Miss Frieden was misrepresenting herself, and she was a noted supporter of the communist ideology, and she promoted this throughout American society unabated. Miss Frieden died in 2006. The divorce rate began to climb. Families began to break apart. Feminism began to be promoted, and society began to crumble. In trying to understand just how central teachers' college, which was infected by the Dewey ideas of the Frankfurt School, would become to the public education in the United States, consider that by 1950, estimates suggest that a third of principals and superintendents in large school districts were being trained at the Columbia University Teachers' College. Many of these left the college with radical ideas about reality. Government society, family, an economy that came straight from John Dewey and the Marxist ideology that was being expressed through the Frankfurt School. Marxism was marching into public education, unabated, fully invited, and embraced. Of course, the damage to America from anti-God, anti-freedom German intellectuals began even before the Frankfurt School migrated to Columbia. In fact, John Dewey was trained by G. Stanley Hall, who was among the many Americans to study under Wilhelm Wundt at Leipzig University in Germany. Among other notable highlights, Wundt pioneered the idea of the human being as a soulless animal. Essentially, he viewed people as biological stimulus response mechanisms that could and should be trained in a manner similar to circus animals. This Darwinian materialist view of the human being reigns supreme today in our educational system, and it's catastrophic. These left-wing extremists who support the Frankfurt School's anti-American agenda have dishonestly attempted to paint criticism of the relevant institutions, the academics, and their ideas of anti-Semitic behavior. But in reality, the dangerous ideas pose a major threat to Judaism, too. And so countless patriotic and liberty-minded Jews have also joined the fight against the Frankfurt School's poison. 
The threat that these subversive and their cultural Marxist ideas pose has been recognized at the highest level of the U.S. government, even recently. Former National Security Council Director of Policy and Planning Richard Higgins, for instance, blasted it in his now notorious 2017 Higgins memo to President Trump about the ongoing war against the administration and the United States. The war against Trump and America could not be separated from the cultural Marxist narratives that drive them, warned Higgins, saying that cultural Marxism was most directly tied to the Frankfurt School. The Frankfurt strategy deconstructs societies through attacks on culture by imposing a dialectic that forces unresolvable contradictions under the rubric of critical theory, he warned. Higgins then quotes Herbert Barcusa, a leading Frankfurt thinker, on how to crush the political and cultural right through persecution and phony tolerance. Now, these things are widely known. The government is not ignorant of these things. Barack Obama and Joe Biden are fully familiar with these ideas. To this day, reflecting the ISR influx of the early 1930s, Columbia Teachers College remains a leading purveyor of socialist poison masquerading as American education. Its recently released book list includes titles by Bill Ayers, the communist terrorist whose terror group, Weather Underground, worked closely with communist intelligence and bombed the State Department, the Pentagon, Capitol Hill, police stations, and more. The Teachers College of Columbia their press, false selection, also includes endless nonsense on social justice, racialism, multiculturalism, and otherism that find their roots in Marxist and Frankfurt School strategies. With society and civilization becoming increasingly unstable, it appears that the roots of these teachings are finally taking effect. The final vestiges of traditional education are destroyed. The Frankfurt School and its American allies, such as John Dewey, would be pleased with their handiwork. And after all, cultural Marxists, including Gramsci and IRS thinkers, ISR thinkers, believed that once the old order was finally vacated and, and destroyed via a long march through society's institutions, Marxism would eventually triumph. On the educational front, it appears that they are standing at the top of the hill, waving the hammer and sickle and appear to be largely victorious. But now their subterfuge and their lies are being discovered. And hopefully, we can see these things. Their overall victory, however, is hardly assured. What comes next depends on whether we Americans can be shaken from our sleep in time to restore American civilization. As the socialists and totalitarians understood and understand very well, education will be the key. The fact that the average American student graduating from high school today cannot read above the fifth grade level is part of the scope of Marx's educational agenda. And this is by design. It's what was intended by John Dewey as he worked ardently for the dumbing down of the American child. And knowing these things perhaps now, those who are listening to this, Perhaps now we're beginning to understand a little bit more as to why little Johnny cannot read. This is Frank Goss with Vintage Broadcasting. <laughs>
We do appreciate your participation in listening to our broadcast. We hope that it benefits you in some way and that you'll continue listening in the days to come.